0: Yes, it's an annual event after the morning service after the altar service. we're going to be going down downstairs if you want to have a nice fall lunch and then we're going to go out and watch the young people decimate each other in the flag football game and uh Jamie, you're going to be there for uh medical treatment Unfortunately, we got it. yeah emergency technician gonna be on site and usually we need that but if you want to come out we're gonna have a good time out uh, fellowshipping over football in the afternoon we want to invite everybody to join with us you've been keeping your eyes on the news and the happenings going on in Israel would you stand with me please as we invite God's touch upon our service today but God's intervention In the situation in Israel. They didn't want this war. They were attacked secretly on a holy day. They were gathered for Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles in their homes and in their synagogues and attacked. So we need to pray for all all of those involved, praying for a speedy resolution to it. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name today and we're thankful that you have promised to meet with us when we gather in your name. Father, we're thankful for each one gathered here today. We also ask for your blessing upon those who are watching on the live stream that couldn't make it out today. Those of our family that are traveling and those that are ill at home or in the hospital, we pray that you would meet them exactly where they are With your healing touch and your great love we do pray father today you've instructed us to pray for the peace of jerusalem and we ask father god that you would move in behalf of your people we're asking father for you to intervene and stop this threat to the safety of israel and the people that live there on both sides we pray father god for your intervention Lord, we also pray that we be doing what we can to reach people who do not know you with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ around the world. We ask your touch upon this day as we look at taking down the giants in our land. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. I remind you that all during praise and worship, you're able to come forward for prayer, for whatever your situation may be. Uh, all I need is some of my deacons to be here. Many are traveling. <laughs> but uh, I'll be here. So if you want to come for prayer, that's cool too. So let's, let's go ahead and worship the Lord today.
1: Come see.
2: You for coming and joining us here at Trinity on this rainy Sunday morning. But we're glad you came out to join us. Um, Pawpaw Mark, you wanna get your steps in for the morning. I appreciate it. This uh, dashing young man coming down the, the aisle, he has a information card for any of our guests today. We want to welcome you. And if you are a guest with us, just slip up your hand and get a card from him and fill it out, put it in one of the offering trays, and that way we can just keep in touch with you and you guys can keep up to date with what's going on here at Trinity. Can we get a round of applause for our guests today? <laughs> today is a very special day for myself. I love, I love this Sunday. Um, but first, immediately following the service, make sure that you make your way down to the Fireside Room, and we are going to have walking tacos, hot dogs, chilies, chili, just, I'm pretty sure it's just one, but we're going to have chili, and that is all courtesy, or not courtesy, but it's a fundraiser for the youth group to help raise funds to go to REACH Conference, and um, that will be after the service. It will be $10 for your meal. And then... um, Yep. $10. All right. And then around 1.30, we're going to have our annual Trinity flag football game. And I know a lot of people, a lot of meteorologists out in the crowd today. um, I understand there's wet stuff coming from the sky, but it is supposed to stop raining around noon and then hold off. And so as long as it's not storming, we are going to still have a game. We have some tents that we're going to set up. Um, So you can be covered that way. And if you want to bring your car and watch from the sideline, that's fine too. And if you would like to leave, that is also fine. We wish you the best. (laughs) Wednesday is another um, busy day for us here at Trinity. We have AM Bible study. So if you're able to make it out at 10 AM, we'd love to see you come out for that. And then at 7 PM, we have our trunk or treat. Um, and we need volunteers and help for that. So if you're able to come and help, if you're able to bring candy, uh, make sure it's individually wrapped. But if you're able to do a trunk or you wanna be involved in that in any way, make sure to sign up for us in the lobby just so we know what to expect. I I look a little uh, underdressed for service. I had made an announcement that, you know, rep your favorite sports teams today. And I see that, you know, I'm probably the only one that remembered. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb and Chuck. So, you know, I usually try to dress up a little better than this, but, so don't judge me, please. Um, we wanna, th- yeah, I'm, I'm dressed for Halloween early. Unfortunately, this mask can't come off, so. All right, and then Saturday, we have our night of worship. Okay, it's going to be November 4th, so that is this Saturday at 6 p.m. We would love to see you all come out, invite your friends, neighbors, family, whatever it may be, and we want to pack the house because God is going to be here and God is going to move in this building Saturday night. So make sure if you're able, you come out for an amazing night of worship. Next Sunday is the fellowship luncheon. So if you're able to attend that, please make sure that you sign up in the lobby um, for that so we know... What to expect and also next Sunday we have the pinewood Derby in the evening and that will be at 6 pm in the barn um, So if you know what the barn is it's that thing in the back of the lot a big building you can't miss it um, so we'd love to see you come out and support the the contestants of the derby and then Friday November 10th at 6 thirty we have volunteer appreciation so if you help out in the food distribution or any other um, area in the church, and you dedicate your time. We want to we want to appreciate you for that and honor you for that. So, if you are involved in any sort of ministry in the church, make sure that you sign up in the lobby for that uh, appreciation dinner on the 10th at 6:30. And now, Pastor, we're going to do communion or er, not communion. What's that called? You know, offering. offering. Yeah. Stick to the
0: script. I, I have my own yeah. mic. Thank you. <clears throat> this has been a hard week on Jr. Oh, no. No, it has been a hard week on J.R. Uh, his car was stolen. And totaled. And he had uh, possessions in there that were taken. And uh, Melissa's car was likewise stolen the same night. And... Uh, don't park over there don't don't park over. but uh, uh would you join with me in praying i mean that's that's a how many of you recognize that's a tough thing because insurance doesn't like to help you much heavenly father we do pray for uh, jr and the family and the d- different things that have that have happened this past week we pray for favor and we ask father for you to guide him to the right vehicle for him and provide for him And we just ask for your touch and your help in this time encourage him he's trying to serve you and the enemy doesn't want him to and so we ask for your touch upon his life in jesus name amen amen Amen. i'm going to ask the ushers to come if you would please we're going to be giving our tithes and our offerings our gifts of love to the lord i want to thank everyone who blessed us so greatly last week in the Pastor Appreciation uh, Memorial things that uh, we just appreciate you guys, and we thank you for the privilege of being your pastor, and I know Carissa does as well, and we just are thankful to have an opportunity to uh, minister unto you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you join with me in prayer as well? Father, we lift up our gifts and our giving. You call it a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise to us, Father. You did the the sacrifice. You gave your only begotten Son that he might die for our sins, that we might be set free and find our place in heaven one day. We ask, Lord God, that you would take every gift, every, every blessing that's put in and every offering, Multiply it, Father, for the work that you've intended it to do. Touch our missionaries today. Touch families that that need an intervention from you. And we're asking, Father, for you to bless this offering. Bless our praise offering as we give it to you as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Let the lion roar, hail a lion of oh, Let the lion roar, hail a lion of oh, Judah. Let the lion roar, hail a lion oh,
0: Let the lion roar. Today and I just want to thank you for that. I just thank you so much. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Praise God! Well, we've been talking for the last several weeks about the fact that there are giants in the land. There were real physical giants back in the day and there are real spiritual giants today. We've looked at some different spiritual giants. We've seen the giant of compromise, how that people are compromising their faith to get along with the enemy. It doesn't work. Doesn't work. Because the enemy has won when we compromise our faith. When we hold back on the truth of God's word, Satan has won. Because we're not going to beat him in our own strength. We're not going to win him over because we're nice to him. He sees that niceness as weakness and it is. We looked at the giant of ignorance of God's word and God's ways. And it's a looming giant today. If we do not know God's word, how can we walk in his ways? We've seen the giant of fear. And how that that can paralyze someone from doing what God has called you to do. We're going to continue our look today at the giants. We're going to look at the story that you know so very, very well of young David and five little stones. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word today found in 1 Samuel chapter 17 be sure and keep your bibles open to this portion we'll be turning to first samuel for a variety of verses later first samuel 17 and verse 40 then he david took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones From the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine father bless your word speak to us about those five little stones and how giants fall when they are applied we ask it in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. please be seated but keep your bibles open there to first samuel chapter (laughs) seventeen praise god now david at this point of his life around twelve or so what were you doing when you were twelve Huh? Worried about which cartoon to watch or how to deliver newspapers or how many can remember when you were twelve? I mean, that 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 might be a good place to start, you know. Well what's David up to when he's twelve? David at this age has been anointed the next king, even though there was a king, King Saul, ruling. At that time but Saul had fallen out of favor with God he had compromised God had said one thing and he did another that's compromise I don't want to muddy the waters here today but I have to share something folks evil is on the ballot coming up in a week you say well you're not supposed to talk politics no i'm talking bible throughout the word of god we find that the taking of the life of an unborn was considered murder And it still is today i don't care how you paint it they're trying to soften the the ground so that you say well you know what about this and what about that well take it up with god please am i insensitive no but i know a god who can overcome any obstacle that we face And this is an important issue that life does begin when life begins. They're searching the galaxies to try and find life. They're grasping at straws. They saw ice crystals on Mars. And they said, that's a sign of life. And yet they can't see a heartbeat in a baby before it's born and call it life. Folks, we need to say a loud no. Can you imagine how many billions of dollars have been poured in to Ohio to kill babies, to kill the unborn? guess what? Follow the money and find the source. If they can move us away from the principles of this holy book, we have nothing to stand on. If we are ignorant of God's word, we will be ignorant of God's ways. And I know I've mentioned him before, but that so-called pastor who's advertising for the death of the unborn to vote yours he doesn't know the Bible and he doesn't know the God of the Bible you say are you judging no I'm fruit inspecting I'm fruit inspecting by their fruits you shall know them when you take the word of God out of context and you say God's inf- th- 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 you know don't judge Read the whole verse, sir. And people are being swayed by this stuff. Then they have another ad. It says, well, I was raised in the church, and I was always taught against, against abortion. I said, well, good for you. Good for your church. So you've turned your back on it now. And also on the ballot... How many of you have ever worked with people who have become addicted to substances, drugs and the like? I was pastor of a large church in the greater Cleveland area and we were the host church for Teen Challenge and person after person in that ministry said that they became addicted to harder drugs through the gateway drug of marijuana. But oh, we Ohioans know better, don't we? (coughs) We want it out there for everybody to become addicted. No. See, if we're ignorant of God's word, we will be ignorant of God's ways and the simple fact that this is on the ba- these things are on the ballot show the ignorance of God's ways in this generation. Folks, we need to talk about righteousness and we need to talk about God's word and we need to stop these things. David was going was anointed king by Samuel the prophet because Saul had compromised his faith. He had bowed to the giant of compromise. God told him this, he did that. Exactly the opposite. And tried to defend himself. And God says, That's it, I'm done with you. You're no longer king. I'm going to anoint a new one after my own heart. And it went and anointed David. Now, David didn't immediately go to the position of king. He went back to watching the sheep. He went back to guarding over his father's flock in the wilderness. Folks, I want to tell you something. But Before you face the giants, sometimes we face the wilderness. Anybody here going through some wilderness times in your life right now? Same old, same old, one foot in front of the other, sometimes a little sideways. Don't appear to be making any headway. Same problems, same issues. It's as if you can't see your prayers answered or hear from heaven. We call them wilderness times. Those times when you're out and it's there may be people around you, but you're hearing the echo of silence. But God uses the wilderness times in our lives to make us ready for the battle that we're about to face. It was in the wilderness times that little David out there just watching over the sheep, he met God. He met his heavenly father and God introduced himself. He didn't have a preacher come to him. He didn't even have a prophet come to him. God personally came to little David and he met God in the wilderness. Nobody else around Not even the servants of the household. His brothers were not there. His dad wasn't even there. But God was there in the wilderness. He met God. Would you just say it with me? I know it's difficult. Many of you use more modern translations than this. I learned this when I was a little kid and i learned it in the king james and many of you talk king james too would you repeat with me that twenty-third psalm where god introduced himself to a young boy in the wilderness times say it with me the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down In green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It was in the wilderness times that young David met the lord his shepherd the lord said to him see how you're watching over those sheep that's how i'm watching over you aren't you glad you have a good shepherd he met god he learned to praise god in the wilderness he had a harp with him and uh, music is a great soother and a great blessing oh if was i the only body blessed This morning as we praise God in the house. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great. How great is our God. He learned to praise him in the wilderness time. He became unhindered in his praise. Psalm 42 was written in the wilderness times, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my heart for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. When you're in the wilderness it can get to you while they continually say to me where is your God Psalm 18 for who is God except the Lord who is a rock except our God it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect he makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places he teaches my hand to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You also have given me the shield of your salvation. The right hand has held me up. He met God in the wilderness. And we find out that he developed skills there as well. I, I, I brought along with me something today. I always bring a bunch of stuff back from Israel and one of my favorite things in my very first trip to Israel many years ago and every time I tell about my first trip to Israel I say thank you to my brothers and sisters my dear congregation from Eastgate Assembly of God who sent Linda and I for the very first time to go to Israel boy What a blessing. Thank you again. There's some of you here today. But we were, on our first trip there, we went to Bethany, where Lazarus was raised to life again. And just outside of the tomb of Lazarus, there was a young boy there with one of these slings. And oh, was he good. He could say, see that rock over there? (laughs) Nailed it. You'd hear it. And he was selling them. And I was buying them. (laughs) David with a shepherd's sling and five stones, the old gospel song says, met the giant on the field all alone. Trusting in the Lord, he, Did not fear or dread. By faith he saw the victory ahead. David learned to use this not on the battlefield. He learned to use the sling in the wilderness times. Say, well, what's so significant about that? Don't wait until you face a giant to be ready to face the giant if you many of you raised your hand said yeah i'm going through a real kind of a wilderness time i'm feeling kind of numb spiritually numb it's like i'm walking through molasses in my faith i just everything's a a, a bother and a worry and a frustration use the time when you're in the wilderness to get closer to god that's what david did he met the lord as his good shepherd and then he began to practice up with the sling and stones he, he learned that you don't want rocky uh, stones you want smooth stones from the brook because they go through the air quicker and without wavering and, and so he began to practice because there he was just him and the sheep well not just him and the sheep there were mountain lions there were all kinds of of animals out there to attack and to steal the sheep away. And we got a 12 year old boy out there in between them. And he began to drive away the beasts and to slay them mountain lions and bears and everything else. They came, those were his sheep, his dad's sheep. And he protected them. But all the while he was in the wilderness, he was learning a skill that would help fell a giant later on. Wasn't that much later on. He went out and he went to where his brothers were in the military, the Israeli Defense Force, the idea. <clears throat> and that's where the story picks up. And when he went there, we find that King Saul was in his tent and everybody else was in their tent and down in the valley was this nine and a half foot tall giant named Goliath shouting insults not at Israel but at Israel's God daring them to come down and fight and nobody would the king was not about to go down there and he was bigger than everybody else in the country at that time he was about six feet tall which was a gigantic person but nothing compared to a a nine-and-a-half-foot-tall guy. David learned a lot in the wilderness times that prepared him for the battle of his life with a giant. Next week, we're going to look at some other giants David faced, and they won. Sometimes the giants win. But it's not a forever win. You can come back from it. We'll be looking at some of the gigantic things that David faced that conquered him. Because, folks, there are giants in the land. David learned a lot in the wilderness times that made him ready to face the Goliath that day. David learned uh, in the wilderness what Paul had learned. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state or situation I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be bound and to suffer need, sounds like a wilderness time to me but he said you know what i've learned i can do all things through christ who strengthens me he learned that in the wilderness times paul did not in the great times but pastor we're supposed to be learning how to defeat giants and you're preaching about wilderness times the victory over Goliath did not begin in the valley of Sokah. It began in the Judean wilderness with a little boy alone with a bunch of sheep. But he wasn't alone because God was with him. Let me encourage you. I've mentioned this before, but get ready, I'm going to mention it again. Each time we gather in this sanctuary, this place of worship, we make an appeal, an invitation to this place we call an altar of prayer. Say, well, I I didn't do anything bad this week. I don't need to go. That's not what this is about. This is a set-apart place in the middle of our wilderness wandering to get in touch with God in a fresh way. Did you come in here without any problems? Well, then you may not need this altar. (coughs) Was everything just going perfectly right in your life? Well, then you don't don't need to find a place of prayer. I remember a gentleman, Brother John Palmer Sr. He, uh, He pioneered churches in southern Ohio where nobody else would go and he went there. He was a man of prayer and man of faith. He never pastored a large church but he pastored churches they weren't there before but they were when he left. And every time we'd go to a district function there was one thing I knew I was gonna see. We were district council And before we gathered for our business meeting, we could walk into the sanctuary of that church who was hosting us. And we would hear Brother Palmer crying out to God for God's direction and guidance, for his help, praying for his people, praying for his church. Folks, it's in the wilderness times. Not on the battlefront. You need to strengthen your walk with God. Now's the time. You say, well, I, I, I just bring him on. I'm ready. Well, you're not ready if you think you're ready for him. If you're going through a wilderness time, and many of you admitted that you were, gotcha. Get closer to God today find your place when you gather here yes I love fellowship as much as anybody but you know what I've got to find some time at the altar of the Lord and I need to get closer to him Uh, draw near to God the Bible says and he might draw near to you no he will he will draw near to you sharpen your skills serving the Lord during the wilderness times Draw close to him in praise and worship, in service, so that when the giants rise up, and they will, because there are giants in the land, spiritual giants that are out to do you in, you'll be ready, not because of you, but because the God you got closer to at an altar of prayer. What are you doing right now to prepare for the giants who are waiting in the valleys of your life? Spend some time at an altar of prayer. Make it a pattern. Whether it's before a service begins or at the altar call at the end or in the middle when we're praising the Lord. Find your spot. Find your spot. You don't need to be invited. I'm inviting you right now. It's open. This is a church with an open altar. At any time, you can come and you can meet afresh with God. Time at the altar, time in worship. Don't just sit there and let the praise team sing. Enter in and give him glory. You say, Pastor, you haven't seen, heard me sing. No, I'm too busy shouting praise to my God to hear your singing make a joyful noise that's what i do on my tambourine nobody likes it but i'd do it anyway because i don't care (laughs) spend time in fellowship with other believers spend time serving god even when you're going through a wilderness time in your life well i'm gonna serve god someday when i'm good and ready when i've got all all the prep no, why don't you serve him? And that'll get you ready for the giants you're going to face. Yeah. Spend time and study of God's word. Become aware of his word and his ways. Use the wilderness times in your life to equip you for the battle times that you will face. And you will face battle times. Well, what can we learn from these five little stones first thing they may have been small but they were big enough to get the job done amen they may have been small you know I actually heard somebody say well David went and he found the biggest rocks he could Chuck you can tell it was a down-home pastor no little boys don't Put boulders in their slingshot and try to <laughs> no You got five small smooth stones but it was good enough to get the job done wasn't it they can get the job done just fine you see it may be little but the weapons of our warfare se- seem like nothing when you look at the Giants that we're facing The gigantic problems. Oh, how can we? Well, don't look at the giant. He picked up the stones first and was ready. He was in the wilderness times getting ready to sling those stones. He was practiced in it. You see, they may seem small, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, the widow woman had just a little bit of grain and a little bit of oil, but she fell down and defeated the giant of poverty and want when she served the Lord. Another widow and her sons were on the brink of indentured servitude, but when they got out and borrowed vessels from their neighbors, God filled the empty vessels with oil. And they were provided for more than enough. Well, what, what are you going to use to provide for your, your victory over the enemy? Sometimes it's empty clay pots. And God can do a miracle. The Bible calls God in the Old Testament, Almighty God. The Hebrew word there is El Shaddai. And it means he's mighty to save. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to defend. He's mighty to deliver. He's mighty to provide. But I like one gentleman who translated it in his translation. He's the God who is more than enough. No matter what you're facing, he's more than enough for it. It's like those little stones, they don't seem like much until they're guided by the hand of the Lord to their destination. Whether it's a little boy's lunch, God touched the little things and fed thousands. Gigantic problems that we're facing, those five little stones... Don't seem like much until you use them. You use them because you've been getting closer to God during the wilderness times. battery's dead there's no there's no power in the house somebody get me a mic in a hurry it's well it's, yeah but it's it's blinking get me a get me a mic just somebody get me hand me that mic down there somebody hand me that mic down there i know it's hard hand me that mic down here thank you oh thank you so much let me try it again Praise God. I'll turn this one off because it's dying anyway. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Some of our giants are in our thought life and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Our weapons may seem small when you look at the giant, but they're big enough when God steps in. The second thing to notice about these five little stones is this. It only took one to get the job done. Took five, needed one. You say, well, why did he take five? I've I've heard this message over the years. I've heard people say, well, the scripture says that Goliath had four brothers and uh, he looked past Goliath and saw the four brothers. He said, I'll just pick up stones for them too. Well, you need to study your Bible a little bit it was four brothers they were his sons okay Goliath had four sons who were also giants so they weren't around right at the time for David to be all concerned about him so probably not that case and we'll be looking next time at some of the some of the giants that Defeated David, and also some of the giants that aren't here yet, but are growing up around us. I don't, you know, it's possible that David heard that, well, you know, Goliath had some kids, but he never mentions it. Look what David says to Goliath. This is what he said to this Philistine. He said in 1 Samuel seventeen forty-five, And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you, say it with me, Into my hand, and I will strike you a little louder, a little louder, you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. David is not looking past Goliath. Hmm. There's a message there too. He didn't take the five stones because of Goliath's brothers or his sons, as it actually is in the Hebrew. He didn't underestimate the giant he was facing. It was all about the giant. He was nine and a half feet tall. He'd duck, he'd have to duck to come into the sanctuary. Big time. He would be really standing out in a crowd. A hardened fighting machine, that's what King Saul said. Armor and shield and helmet glistening in the sun in the valley. A massive spear and a sword and a javelin, and he was real. He was not imaginary. He was not a figment of David's imagination. He was right there. David did not look past him to other giants. He took him seriously. You know, we're having that big football game today, and anybody who follows football have seen what they call an upset. How many of you have heard of an upset? And usually an upset happens when a really good team that's ranked really high is facing an opponent who is unranked and hasn't won a game all season. And they go in, and they're looking past their opponent to the next week when they play a bigger school that is ranked. And and they look past their enemy, those who are in opposition to them, and they get defeated. And I want you to realize, don't underestimate, don't look past your Goliath. Don't, don't take for granted, oh, this is in the bag, I've got this, there's no problem. Your reliance needs to be upon the Lord, not upon your abilities. Yes, you, uh, David had practiced and rehearsed and everything. He didn't know what he was studying for, but God did. But he did not look past his Goliath. Don't say, well, I, I can conquer this. This is no big problem, no problem at all. And you'll find out your giants will defeat you when you look past them. Do not underestimate the forces of the enemy. Well, Pastor, I thought we had... All power was given unto us by Jesus, and and we can go in his name. Oh, yes. But don't underestimate your enemy. Don't, Don't underestimate how much the devil hates you. Don't underestimate how much the spiritual giants in your life are out to destroy you and keep you from walking in the light as he is in the light. Don't underestimate the giants, the spiritual giants that will hold you back from ever being what God has called you to be. But also, don't underestimate the God that's gonna walk with you in the battle. Don't underestimate your giant, but don't underestimate your God The one you met in the wilderness. Realize he's up to the task. You're not. Remember, the giants in your life are not afraid of you. There was Goliath, nine and a half feet tall, armor all over him, glistening in the sun, spears, a spear holder, a guy to help him out with his armor and his shield and everything. He was so covered up with armor bronze armor that he glistened in the sun and what did he do when he saw little David without any armor at all and just he he had a walking stick and he had a sling and David is warming up I love the place which, and David ran towards him David ran towards the giant you can't do that if you're not ready And the giant laughed at him to scorn. He was making fun of his God, making fun of his army, making fun of the God of Israel. You see, your giant underestimates you and your God. You're no match for the giants. Neither am I. Say, well, Pastor, you must not be a man of faith if you're not up to the task. No, I'm, I'm just smarter than some I realize I'm not up to it but I want to nudge close as I can get to my Jesus I want to get as close as I can To the one who's an almighty, all sufficient God. I don't want to be out here just doing my own thing. I want to know, I want to be able to reach out and touch the presence of my God because that giant, I'm not looking past him, I'm not underestimating, but I'm looking up and I'm not underestimating the power and ability of my God. Focus on the giant you're facing. Don't look past him. Don't think, have you ever been guilty of that? Just thinking that you can handle this and realizing painfully you were wrong. <laughs> well, that's no problem. I can do that. No problem. Don't underestimate your giant and don't underestimate your God, the God that you're getting closer to in the wilderness. David did not wait till he was in the valley of Sakoth to get close to God. But that is a, an age-old condition among believers. We go along and we, well, we pray when we feel that there's a problem coming up or we're in the middle of a situation and we'll, we'll get real tight with God. That's the wrong move. I'm speaking to people here today that need to hear what I'm saying. Now is the time to get close to the God in the wilderness because there's giants in the land who are out to destroy you. Don't wait and then say, well, God didn't come through for me. No, you didn't come through for God. We need to draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. You see, too many people are looking beyond their current giant and worrying about the giants that are coming. There's a huge giant, and it affects many Christians, perhaps even some gathered here today, of worry, worry and fretting. Jesus said, you know, uh, you worry about something, you're not going to gain one inch of stature. You're probably going to lose hair over it. You, you, you can't do anything about those things that are beyond you. Face the giant you're facing. Get close to the God you're to be walking with and realize the next giant will fall just like the first one does. Not because of you, but because of your God. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, the evil thereof. Let me I'm not talking about not preparing for things. I'm not talking about being well-equipped and ready. But folks, the Spirit of the Lord bears witness with my heart. Some of you are bound with worry. Worry and fretting over things that are down the road and the enemy is defeating you in the here and now. You can receive the word I'm sharing with you or not, but it's the truth. You're looking down the road. Well, what about this, and what will happen there, and what, what about that, and what are the other? I'm not saying we don't concern ourselves with those things, but worrying and fretting over them will not change them. It'll change you so that you're not ready when you face that giant. Some of the things we worry about never come to pass. Some of the things that we worry about come quicker because we worry. Worrying will wear you out. Now we have some fine guitarists here on the worship team and in the uh, love to hear when uh, you post some of your your music on your guitar and uh, love to hear Marks playing and other But you know they have little things on a guitar called a fret. I love when the Bible says fret not. It's not talking against guitars. But fret not, a fret is a pressure point. And when you apply pressure with a finger to that string on that fret, it cuts off part of the sound of the string, and you get your different notes and your different chords. Fretting cuts you off from the full panoply of God's ability to help you. You're so wrapped up in worry and fretting that you can't see that you're walking with a God that your giant is afraid of. I got to move on. I wasn't even going to put that in there. I just want to I've done a lot of study on this and a lot of people have names for every one of those five stones. (laughs) I thought I'd give some to you. I think they're good. Any one of them will fell a giant. It only took one. He took five, but it only took one to do the job. Amen? We'll call that first stone faith in an all-sufficient God. Boy, you know that first stone's the only stone he needed. You come to me with sword and shield and all of those things, and I come to you in the name of the almighty God of Israel. The God he met in the wilderness is the God that went with him into battle. It gave him the courage and strength to do so, faith in God. And so when he let fly of that stone, the Spirit of the Lord guided it to the only place the giant's armor was not. Now, how could David know exactly what spot to hit? He'd gone up against mountain lions and bears and all these kind of things. He didn't know a thing about fighting in a battle. But God knows how to fight in a battle. God knows where the vulnerable spots are in the giant that you face. And he can guide your prayers. He can guide your faith. So the first stone we'll call faith. We'll call that second stone trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That second stone of, of trust is very, very important because if we lean on our own understanding of the situation, the giant's going to look larger. Trust in your ability? No. Prepare. Be ready. But you better say, Lord, I need your help. Those of you who have been around for a while know that's my morning prayer. That My prayer. You say, is that all you pray for? No, I pray for a lot more. But my first words out of my mouth. Lord, I need your help today. You say, Well, you've been in the ministry for how long? Don't go there. Don't go there. Well, you you were with Noah, weren't you on the Ark? No, I wasn't quite that long. You know. You're the ancient of days. No, I'm not. But, folks, the older I get and the longer I serve him, the more I realize, boy, do I need his help every single day. When I stop realizing I need his help, my giant will defeat me. My giant will defeat me. The first stone is faith, and the second stone, trust. The third stone reminds us of courage. If your courage is in you, you're going to lose. But David went in the name of the Lord Almighty God. He held on to the one who bears the name. Giants don't fear you, but they fear your God. The fourth little stone could speak to us of obedience. Exodus nineteen and four and five says, Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. If we're willing and obedient The prophet said, we shall eat of the good of the land. We have to be obedient to the word. We have to know the word and then be obedient to it. Walking in obedience to God's word causes giants to fall. The fifth little stone could be called prayer. Doesn't seem like much till you use it. It is the most unused weapon in the arsenal of the believer. We've been studying about prayer in our Wednesday morning Bible study and finding prayer principles. And I'm hearing from people that they're praying more than they were before because they're seeing targeted ways to pray. But folks, we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords 24-7 365 days a year, day or night, rain or shine, sick or healthy. We have access. And he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We're going to be talking about that Wednesday morning, that you might find mercy to help in your time of need. That stone of prayer It's unused by many believers. How's your prayer life, my friend? Is it just at mealtime? Is it just when you see the car crossing the midline and, and you're headed for the disaster? Is it just when the problem hits? Why don't you pray every day? Why don't you set up a conversation with God and increase your prayer life? I would encourage you, some, some people encourage you to, you know, put a timer on yourself. That's the kiss of death for prayer. Because you'll start wondering how long you've been praying. It's not about time, it's about quality. But when you get closer to the one you're talking to, you have more to talk about. You see, there's giants in the land. There's a giant of fear that many of you are facing today. We tried to give you some pointers about those five little stones. But he only needed one that was guided by the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand as the worship team returns. You see, God's speaking a variety of things to a a variety of people here today. And one thing that we've shared may not apply to you, but something else did. I'm not good at slinging stones, but I believe the Holy Spirit has guided some to hearts today to fell the giant that you're facing. I'm going to invite you in just a few moments to leave where you're standing and come pick up a stone, a smooth stone, and then find a place to talk to God about it. You can take it with you. I got more. You say, can we take five? I said, you don't need five. You only needed one. Some of you are facing the giant of worry and fretting and fear. I've got good news. God's bigger than your giant. And he can make the giant fall. You've looked around and past the challenges you're facing and the enemy's got you. Come pick up a stone today. Just draw close to Him. Find a place to pray. Find a place to get closer to God. If you're going through a wilderness time, what a great time to draw near to God that He might draw near to you. Take that stone with you and be reminded He's the God that the giants are afraid of. You may have a giant you're facing. He's not afraid of you. But when you lift up the name of the Lord, he trembles in fear because there's not a giant out there worry fear, compromise that will not fall before the God of your salvation. Don't underestimate your giant and don't underestimate your God need to send a song.